Hey, I'm Bryce. I'm Josh. Hey, I'm Jonathan, and you're listening to Electric City Buzz, the podcast about all things Anderson. This podcast is brought to you by Steel Family Law, LLC. Changes in your family can be full of difficult choices. You don't have to make them alone and uninformed. Still Family Law is your local guide through the journey of divorce, custody, visitation, or adoption. Call 864-734-4650 today to schedule your initial consultation. Now presenting Noah Taylor and Drew Whitley with Market Theater. Okay, today we get to welcome on to a very special guest that I know uh, we've been looking forward to getting an interview, um, somebody in the, the arts uh, sector of Anderson that I have a huge appreciation for, um, Will obviously has a huge appreciation for, and before we get into this, today's episode is going to sound a little different, we had to call some audibles, one of our um, hosts was going through some health issues, Josh, but Josh is feeling better, we will get him on for the next episode, and Jonathan um, is now a dad, a so dad. Jonathan had his baby, congrats to Eloise Jane Cawthon, who was brought into the world on Sunday. That would have been December 11? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> December so 11. happy birthday, Eloise Elaine. We are Eloise Jane, excuse me. Uh, welcome to the world. But today we get to welcome on um, some guys from the Market Theater. We have um, Noah Taylor and Drew Whitley. Um, and we were very excited about interviewing them and kind of learn a little bit more about their story and what the Market Theater is all about. So uh, uh, thank you guys for being with us today. For sure, yeah. Excellent. Thank you for of having course. us. Excellent. We're excited. <laughs> also, Will uh, Will's kind of hopping in, and yeah. Will's going to be on the mic today, so you'll get to hear from our excellent producer, Will, to, to ask you guys some questions as well. So, let's uh, let's just get started. We we kind of like to, to start from from the get go. So, where are you guys from originally? Drew, we'll start with you, and then how did how did you get to Anderson? And then we'll get into the market theater aspect of y'all's story here in just a little bit. So, Drew, where are we from originally, and how did we get to Anderson, South Carolina? You were looking at it from Anderson, South okay. Carolina. Excellent. Yep. Born, born and raised, uh, entire life within like a, a thirty mile, mile circle. Okay. Went to high school at TL Hannah, Love then uh, went to Clemson after that. Okay. Taught high school back at Hannah for a year. Okay. Then up to D Daniel D W Daniel High School up in Clemson. Yeah. So in between the two, and now I, I work here in Anderson. Now we're back in Anderson. So right here. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Noah, where where are you from? Uh, not much more exciting over here. I'm also <laughs> from Anderson. Okay, excellent. <laughs> and have lived here my entire life. Awesome. Um, so grew up here, uh, went to school here. Excellent. And uh, now here we are. That's super cool. So um, market theater is obviously in, in the arts, and, and you guys do performances and stuff like that um, around the area. How long has market theater been um, around? Our first season was in 2016. Okay. Um, so there was about a year of prep leading up to that and a couple other arts projects and producing um, opportunities that kind of laid the groundwork yeah. for market theater, but it was officially incorporated at the end of 2015 and then we started our first season. Now, how did you guys meet? How did this partnership come to be? Are you guys the OGs of this? I mean, how, <laughs> how, did, how did this genesis come? Right. So, theater? well, Drew and I have just known each other from being, you know, in the community together. Excellent. And actually he and my wife, Carly did plays together in high school. Awesome. Um, and then uh, we met through some of those other projects that I was talking about that led to market theater. Um, but actually market was founded by, um, Myself, my wife, and two others. Okay. Um, we all went to college together. Excellent. We were all uh, theater students or involved in theater in some capacity. And uh, we had this dream of bringing uh, quality theater to Anderson, uh, something that would offer a little bit of uh, something for everyone mm. and and really uh, speak to a higher quality and a um, 
kind of bring in a new generation. Yeah. Um, so we went after the, uh, what was the accelerate Anderson downtown challenge, okay. which was hosted by the economic development, mm-hmm. uh, office. And so they were looking for new businesses to come downtown to spur economic development. And, um, we found out about that contest the night before, uh, <laughs> the deadline to enter. Okay. And so the four of us, the, the OGs, as you said, uh-huh. we kind of put that together at the last second okay. and, uh, entered. It became a multi-week process. It was kind of like shark tank yeah. was the format. Um, we ended up being one of the winners. And although in the end we were not a business, we are a nonprofit organization. Okay. Um, we were still selected as one of the winners of that. And that is what gave us the confidence and the means, the financial means to get started. That's super cool. Yeah. And I think it was pretty cool when that competition was happening. Not that I was a part of the market yet, but I think the folks who were running it, but I was there. Yeah. But they, um, they really didn't expect a nonprofit to enter much less win the competition. But I think that they, they saw, uh, like a big piece of that competition was to, to, uh, stimulate the economy in Mm. downtown Anderson. And I think they all kind of saw through the process, just how much a nonprofit organization can do that. And, uh, it's. I think Anderson, uh, the leadership in Anderson also does a great job of like diversifying. And it's like, what do we? You know, I I came to Anderson in 2016 as a freshman um, at AU. But I, I think now, especially, and I would assume this was kind of the case of like, what are we lacking right now? What is there an absence of in Anderson? And and from my understanding up to this point, there wasn't something like market theater that was was you know solidified here yet. Mm-hmm. Correct. So the, what what did that? Uh, the competition you said, I mean, it became a multi-week process. Mm-hmm. What was like the the project or whatever that you guys submitted <laughs> and, and went through to, to become winners of, yeah. of this, this grant program type thing? Right. Um, and I, I want to give credit to the people who kind of paved the way before us too. Mm-hmm. There were other, there are still other incredible arts organizations yeah. and there were other community theaters, um, some that don't exist anymore, some that are more or less active now than they had been in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, some that had been on the cutting edge and speaking to a younger generation at the time that they were started, yeah. but not so much. Um, uh, they, they had just kind of followed that generation. They had, they had aged with that generation. And so there was a little bit of a lull there okay. as far as what I think young artists were looking for. And, um, and just thinking about things differently, thinking about things from the economic impact yeah. side of things Absolutely. and from the nonprofit structure and leadership side, just really thinking critically about it. And so we went after that. We entered, um, at first it was just a written application, but then it became, it it wasn't just a shark tank contest where we had to prove ourselves. It was also, um, there was a lot of education involved. So we were, um, working with a mentor to formalize a business plan. They Mm -hmm. were teaching us how to do that, which was great because, um, I mean, nonprofit leading a nonprofit is a lot like running a business. Um, you still have accounting and budgets and insurance and, um, all of the not fun things that you have to account for. Um, and if you just get into it blindly as like, Oh, we like theater and we want to start a theater, then you're, you're going to drown pretty quickly. Um, so that we learned a lot and at each step of that process, they would kind of narrow the field down a little bit until there were five and then there were three winners. And, um, one of the other winners was Coco Bon Chocolatier that's right here downtown and yeah. they're still thriving and now they have a second location and we sell their product in our theater. Excellent. Um, so that's a pretty cool origin yeah. story too. That's awesome. So did y'all have, I mean, you know, obviously you talked about the, like the, the logistics side of it. It was like, Hey, we have to, you have to, you know, prove that this is going to be sustainable, you know, from a, you know, P and L standpoint from an X's and O's, a, a, a black and white monetary standpoint. But 
was there any sort of like artistic stuff that, that y'all did for the, or? for the contest yeah, yeah, for yeah. the grant? Okay. Yeah, we did. Um, we to say like, this is like the product in essence, of course. this is what we're, you know, we, we didn't, per- we didn't perform, okay. um, for the panel or anything, but we did, um, use our creativity to make a good presentation. Absolutely. Um, and I'm also a graphic designer, so I also enjoy making Huge. things look nice, Absolutely. you know? <laughs> and then at the same time, this was through the economic development division. We had been partnering with them on projects prior to this, like Shakespeare in the park. That's one of the kind of lead in projects that I mentioned earlier. Um, so the city of Anderson saw the value of bringing Shakespeare in the park and free outdoor performances to the community and how, if you draw a crowd for that, that's going to translate into economic impact. Um, so we had that partnership as proof of concept. Um, going into it. That's yeah, awesome. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, proof of concept, Shakespeare in the Park was huge. And then Shakespeare in the Park was born out of an organization, 24-hour musical that we still do every year where yeah. we produce a full musical in 24 hours for charity. And I think that maybe, yeah, those those two pieces put together, like you said, yeah, that was sort of, yeah, uh, like a little bit of an MVP product that they could look at yeah. to then see like where it might go. That's super cool. And I want to I wanna touch a little bit later on on some of the things like the productions that y'all have done, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But currently we're sitting in the Anderson Art Center. So that's where you guys are located. Um, yeah. Is that where you've always been located? Okay. How did how did that relationship come with with finding this space? And then um, as far as y'all's production locations, you mentioned the outdoor setting. I want you to, to dive into that a little bit, but also you do stuff right here in the Art Center we do. A, as well. So what does that kind of look like here? Yeah. Um, when we started, we received the grant for the Accelerate Anderson Downtown Challenge. And the, the main stipulation of that was that I mean, it's called the downtown challenge. So yep. we needed to be downtown. Yep. Um, and they did have a, you know, economic development helped us with a curated list of properties that were available for purchase or rent. Um, but to be honest, I mean, nothing really suited a theater or it required so much upfit that it was, um, that there was a financial barrier there mm-hmm. or, um, it just didn't work out for one reason or another. So we ended up calling around and I mean, there was a time where we were worried we were going to have to decline the award. Yeah because we weren't able to find yeah. somewhere to plant roots. And then um, we were connected to the Anderson Art Center and they had renovated their warehouse in the 2000s. And there's one bay of this warehouse that had not really been touched and it was a storage space. And uh, we were toured into that space. It is a 30 by 60 rectangle with brick walls and concrete floors. <laughs> it had no air conditioning, no heat. It was not, um, it was not accessible. Uh, there were no ramps. There were, you know, uneven floors. Yeah. Um, but we said we could probably turn this rectangle into a little theater. Do you want to describe the space a little more? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think the most defining characteristic of, of the space, amongst a lot of others that are really sort of cool and gritty and rustic, there's a set of, um, well, at least to the audience's view, four or five columns that run straight through the middle of our space, which is obviously really unconventional for a theater space, but they've made us get really, really creative over time. And uh, our technical director, Dalton Cole, always says that the columns are our biggest supporters, which, uh, yeah, which of course is is, is like, it's it's a money line. It is a money line at any uh, big event, but it really, yeah, it does. It seems like such almost like a... Um, not a ridiculous space when you walk into it, but you certainly wouldn't think theater at first. But uh, once you come and see a show in it, folks really do, I think, fall in love with just yeah. how different it is. I've heard nothing but positive things. And you can come into this space and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you can get like a glass of wine and stuff when you when you come Absolutely. Is, is yeah. So we, we have uh, we serve wine and craft beer. We oh, now fantastic. serve a couple of beers on tap. 
um, and we have chocolate from Cocoa Bond Chocolates yeah. here. And uh, we partner with the, the Pound Cake Man, who oh, fantastic. he was uh, the Pound Cake Man himself was one of the first actors here at okay. Market Theater, and then started his business and has a bakery in Clemson and Greenville. And uh, people love their their flavors. They yeah. have a really unique product. Um, so we we pride ourselves on serving some some local stuff. Yeah, and it gives. I mean, it is a nice like. That's just a great uh, a setting thing of like I want to go and watch a show and have a glass of wine and like, yeah and enjoy the entire atmosphere of what you guys are bringing to the table. You mentioned um, another kind of I guess director designer. How many people are involved with the market theater? Both on staff, volunteers, <laughs> actors. Um, you know, I'm sure it's some not necessarily a turnover revolving door, but you you obviously don't have the same people showing up for every sure. single show. So what sure. does that process kind of look like? So we have established a, kind of a, a consistent year-round staff of about eight people. Wow, uh, no, no one, none of us are full-time. Okay. So that's maybe what a lot of people might not know about market theater is that with all that we do, we are still a part-time staff. Okay. Um, and uh, Drew and I work on site a lot uh, doing the administrative stuff, but then we have other people mm-hmm. on our staff that are, um, our lighting designer for every show, our sound designer for every show and so on. Um, Dalton is who Drew mentioned a minute ago and he's our technical director and our master carpenter. So he builds everything and he also, um, kind of oversees the, the sound equipment and the lighting equipment and making sure that everything's, uh, working properly and that also that we're upgrading things as needed yeah. and, uh, repairing things as needed. But then as far as, yeah, the, I guess, turnover, like you said, um, how many people and would you say? Turnover has negative connotation. No, no, no. I didn't no. mean it in a negative way at all. It's just yeah. obviously with different uh, productions, different shows, you're going to have, I mean, you mentioned Winnie the Pooh. We'll get to that in a minute. But like, obviously that's a different set of. We engage a lot of different people. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so, <laughs> so what is that process? Yeah, that's, that's it. Like. Yeah. Totally just like, yeah, the nature of theater uh, in that way. It, yeah. Sort of depends. Uh, again, in this like sort of vein that we try to offer something for everyone, we uh, produced a play back in the fall that had uh, five actors mm-hmm. in it, that okay. only had five actors, but still had a production team of four to six folks where um, our musicals in the park, sometimes we've got 30 actors on stage and then we've got a production team behind the scenes of eight to 12. So it really does just sort of grow and shrink depending, but I mean, easily within a year, we're engaging with over a hundred artists uh, that we bring into wow. our space. Yeah. With different shows. Then like Noah said, then we've got our part-time staff and then our thousands of patrons outside of that. So um, 150 campers in the summer. Okay. Um, Tell me about that. So that's a, that's a, a summertime camp program esque yep. type thing. What does that look like? Yeah. So one of our core programs and core beliefs um, is in arts education and the value of arts education. Mm-hmm. And um, so that started as just our summer camp program, but that's grown, you know, uh, rapidly over the years. Last week we had, I mean, last year we had six weeks of summer camp. Actually, I believe it was more than that, um, of different summer camps. And, um, each one had up to 30 kids enrolled. So, um, yeah, a lot of kiddos. I know. And (laughs) especially for a small space, which we've now kind of expanded out and we are in, um, we right now where we're, we're recording is the studio space that we've kind of inherited from the art center as well. It's down the hall from our theater. We've got mirrors on the walls. It can be like a dance studio. It can also be a rehearsal room and it's a dressing room and a green room and it's an office and it's a kitchen and it's all of those things. Yes, 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 yes. yes. That's incredible. That's incredible. So you mentioned, obviously I, I, I talked about the space that you have here, but you also do outdoor productions, um, in, in Carolina Rim Park. What are some of those that y'all have done and, um, kind of how did that process, what, what was the idea of like, 
what if we did this outside? Like what, you know, I didn't know if that was how it started or if that was like a, a brain pop that you had. How did, how did we get to outdoor theater? It's a little bit, awesome. a little bit of both. Yeah, okay. for sure. It's like, no, I mentioned earlier Shakespeare in the park. So Shakespeare in the park that happens all over the U S started in New York city. Um, I didn't know that. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the sixties in central park, uh, this, this theater, that's still a huge theater, um, that folks look to in the country. It's called the public in New York city. Okay. And, uh, and the founder of it had this core belief that, that the arts are for everyone, which we all also really, Amen. really believe in. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and so he, he knew it, it needed to be free and it needed to be, yeah. Uh, and, and outdoors was the perfect way to do that. You know, so he, he held, um, these Shakespearean productions in central park became a huge thing. Others around the country started replicating. And then, um, like Noah said, we decided to do the same sort of thing, got the city involved. And, um, I think it was more successful than anyone expected sort of out of the gate. It was like the first year, I don't know, our 12 people going to show up. Maybe if we're lucky, we'll get a hundred folks out here, but it was, uh, hundreds of folks every night and it's just grown since then. So then, uh, we made the leap four or five years ago, four years ago. Uh, it was in 2019. Okay. Yeah. 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 So three or four years ago. Um, yeah. And Noah, Noah directed it. We decided to try to mount our first musical in the park. So with that, of course, maybe it sounds like it'd be like a direct translation from Shakespeare, but once you're doing a musical, there are so many other things to consider just in terms of like uh, sound in the park, right? Like where's speaker placement going to be all yeah. over the place? Yeah. You've got uh, every actor needs to have a microphone, of course, out there. So also with that, like you've got actors running all over the place. You're going to ruin mic packs because they're getting all sweaty. Just so many other things to consider with musicals, but we started doing that. We've done Into the Woods in the Park, Mamma Mia, maybe our biggest production to date out there. We uh, did Shrek the Musical this past summer. So, um, and those, those have brought, uh, on average between 850 to a thousand folks a night out of the park. And it's, uh, annually like, yeah, one of the city's biggest outdoor events, which Incredible. is pretty sweet. Yeah. That's you know what awesome. I mean? Just like started from a cool little kernel, but yeah, and it's ne- gotten a lot next bigger. year we are continuing that on. We're doing the musical rock of ages, um, awesome. which is, a a jukebox musical with all eighties hits. So it's got, you know, journey oh, and, uh, it. sticks and yeah. everyone, you know, and then, uh, we've got, uh, it's also going to be our first one with a live, live rock band. Exactly. So our first live band. Oh, out wow. the park, cool. which is gonna be pretty Yeah. Cool. So we're, all, we're always looking on how to, you know, take it to the next level. Yeah. So a live rock band out in the park. That's super cool. And you mentioned like the importance of art being free and accessible to, to others. I, you know, Will and I kind of talked about this in a previous episode with with his episode, actually. Yeah, so when uh, our other host, uh, who's not here right now, Josh, he asked me on my episode uh, a question that I keep thinking about since he asked it, which is, um, you know, he asked me how necessary I believe, like, art to be in a town like Anderson and how... um, I answered basically that since I... Largely my art is, like, images, right? And so I think of it as... Uh, the, like you need images for growth to even happen in a town mm-hmm. like Anderson. Mm-hmm. So how important is performance and theater to the growth of a town like Anderson? We think it's the most important. But it really, I think in Noah, yeah, we can, we can follow it back and There's forth. There's so many talking points here. I know, so yeah, let's, exactly. you, you go in the next one. I'll start with this. That it, yeah. I think so many folks, of course, when they think of the arts, it's just like, uh, there's like this, like on this very base, but very true level that it's just something fun to do. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, like, yeah, if you're going to like live in a town that's going to thrive and you've got, um, lots of families and young people and all that good stuff, you need like fun things to go and do on the weekends. So there's like this, like really just like nice, it fills a need. But then, 
Um, and this, I think, has been a journey for us too, especially over the past two to three years of seeing like all these other pieces um, that the arts and theater feel like really um, like necessities of a town in terms of yeah. economic development yep. is a huge one. Uh, that we've again done like sort of um, now like a lot of like work digging into just how big of an economic impact are we making each year? It's even bigger than what like we expected once we really looked into it. Us and other arts organizations, of yeah. course, in Anderson, not us alone. Of course, there's the education aspect to it. Yes, arts mm. education. It's so great for kids that want to get better with singing, acting, dancing, but also like the soft skills that come with it of yeah. you know, empathy, the confidence piece of it, mm. kids getting out of their uh, out of their box, you know, like yeah. in a way that they wouldn't otherwise. Um, yeah. So the economic, the, the education and piece, there's no a, going away yeah, there. there's a, a, a quality of life, um, and health and well being aspect to it that yeah. when you bring the community together in a shared space mm-hmm. and, um, they're witnessing a, a story being told, um, first of all, it creates a sense of pride and communal investment in Absolutely. what's happening, Absolutely. but it also teaches, empathy, not in the arts education way of like participating, but just watching and experiencing theater. You're, you're seeing one or more people up on stage who probably make a choice you don't agree with, or they probably believe something you don't agree with, or they have a completely different lived experience yeah. than you. And so everyone's going to walk away, even from a fluffy musical like Mamma Mia with a, a sharpened sense of empathy, which is exactly what not only Anderson, but everyone needs right now in a very polarized environment. Man, that's so cool to hear you say that. And and, and I totally agree. You talk about like the, the, the soft skills impact. I mean, the confidence levels that this could give somebody to, to challenge themselves and to, and to step outside their comfort zone. I mean, that's that's huge. I have a reverence for art of all kinds. Like what Will does. I'm like, I could never do that. Or like, you know, we're here in the art center with like people painting these wonderful, you know, canvases. And I'm like, I, my brain doesn't function like that. I don't, (laughs) yeah, I don't, I can't compute how a human brain could, could, could do that. And even like in in y'all's aspect, I mean, it is a camaraderie thing of like, Mm. I played sports growing up and, and that's a definitely a family setting, but also, I mean, you go through any sort of job setting where like you get close to the people that you work with and there's bad days, there's good days, but especially in a production like this where you're working on something for, I mean, how long do y'all typically prep for a, a production? Uh, you six say? to 10 weeks. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, you're going through that with, with the same people and, and struggling and, and memorizing things and, and screwing it up and getting it wrong. And like the, the pursuit of perfection in this production that you want to make for, for a community to, to shed light on, whatever it may be is I would imagine that grows people together. Um, not only with the people that you're, you're working on that with, but people can see, um, when, when somebody's passionate about something, I mean, hopefully our audience will be able to hear how passionate you guys are about that. We can see it here, yeah, but you got excited with when, that question. When, when yeah. You go, when you, yeah. When you go out though and, and you witness, you know, this group of, you know, maybe like-minded, maybe not like-minded individuals coming together for a unique purpose and a unique, um, picture and, and goal, what they want to do. That's, that brings outsiders, quote unquote, the, the audience together and says, man, that's right. absolutely incredible. So I have a huge respect for the arts in any way, shape or form, but especially what you guys are doing. Um, people are so important. Relationships are so important. Um, and getting people to come together and, and unite in, in one thing and turn their brain off from the outside world of what's, you know, pulling us apart rather than focusing right. on something that's, that's bringing us all together. It's super cool. What to you guys are to add here. to that, of course, um, it is such a tightly choreographed thing. A, a theater production Absolutely. is, and so Has yes, so yes, everyone is relying on each other, and that kind of contributes to that sense of community. That every single person involved in the production is relying on each other to do their part with precision, mm-hmm. or else it's gonna 
you know, it's going to have yeah. a domino effect. And so to your point, yes, uh, it, there's a camaraderie to it and it, it definitely builds community. And then also, um, it theater is unique in, in the arts in that it brings together all art forms. There is visual yeah. art involved. Absolutely. There is lighting, there is dance, there is acting, there is singing and music and emotion. And I mean, all right, those things. The, right. The non-tangibles. Yeah. yeah. And then there's like, you know, fashion design in the yeah. costumes and there's fabricating props and construction and carpentry. And, um, that is unique in the way that no other art form brings together every, art element yeah. the way that theater does not to say theater superior but it's it's definitely it's unique <laughs> but you're it's, biased yeah i am i am a little bit yeah, yeah. but it's unique and then you yeah. you end up with something that's greater than the sum of its parts mm. i, I want to be i'm going to beat this point for just one more second no you just mentioned, <laughs> no. You just mentioned yeah. sports and i um no no i'm also a huge sports fan i'm yeah. a huge college football fan which Same. it seems like it'd be like incongruent with the art it's it not is. at all no. but i but I, I think about this a lot that of course like the biggest thing um in our area is college football right yeah and like whenever you think about it though like a college football uh team they play football for thir uh, 13 hours a year 12 or 13 hours a year they actually play football yeah. right yeah. like a game lasts three and a half hours like i get it but yeah. you know on, on on the clock there's yeah. there's an hour for each game so 12 13 hours a year but it's still the Biggest thing in our area. Same thing. Mm -hmm. Whenever you come to a show, a show, yes, right. You sit there and watch it an hour and a half, two hours. But of course, it's everything else that's around it. Like mm -hmm. you said, mm -hmm. like a sense of community, a sense of camaraderie, a sense of place for people that are are coming to see it. That's why people go to a Clemson game. Yeah, they they love to watch sixty minutes of football, but they they get up to uh to the university 6 hours ahead of time they yeah. say 6 hours after it's what they talk about during the week with their friends Th that's like it's the exact same thing yeah. when it comes it's to the arts it's a common it's a common factor you can all come together and and you know circle around this common thing that we have that we share together and that's what you guys are doing here in a in a very real sense also i could talk about i mean in in sports settings like you're relying on the guy next to you right i mean like that yeah. person is important. Your success is directly impacted by yeah. that person. And it's the exact same way with you guys. I mean, I'm sure there's been instances where, you know, somebody has dropped the ball, uh, you know, no pun intended, or forgotten something or, you know, <laughs> tripped or fallen, whatever maybe. Yeah. Um, but that's part of it. And it's cool that you guys come together and, and, and create a production that is so uniting. Uh, and in time where, like you said, it, it seems like there's a lot of um, – polarizing, you know, things where people want to be, you know, dragged in one way or another and division is what sells right now. But what you guys are doing is quite the opposite of that. So well, that's super cool. And I just want to say, you guys seem to have like a ton of fun. Absolutely. Doing <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, it, and it really comes across, uh, like to even like your logo, like your, your logo is a very fun logo because it's very unusual. Yeah, and so and I, I, I was going to say, like, I, I know Noah. We shared uh, office space before. Yeah. So I have asked him this question, <laughs> but I'm asking it for the sake of the podcast. What's the deal with the pig with wings is the logo. Yeah. So describe it first of all. Yeah. If, we weren't, if I wasn't looking at it on Drew's shirt right now, what, is, what does the logo look like? And then what's the... So what's we the have a very stuff? simple logo that is, it just says Market Theater, Anderson, South Carolina. And the icon is a flying pig. <laughs> and um, it's just the silhouette of a flying pig, black and white. Um, and we created that in our very first year. We went through a couple iterations of a possible logo. And our technical director and one of our founders, Dalton, he said, I just think it should be a flying pig. Because he personally really just has a thing for flying pigs. He collected little you know, flying pigs yeah. there in his house. You know, He just thinks they're cool. And um, I was like, no way. Like, we're not going to do that. That can't be our logo. We're a theater. Like, what does that mean? Well, it became really clear what it meant 
pretty quickly because what it meant was, yeah, we'll start a theater when pigs fly. Um, because it seemed so unlikely that we'd be able to pull it off. Uh And so, uh, the longer it sticks around, the more of a testament it is to the fact that we were able to pull it off. Incredible. And you mentioned like starting this and it seemed like such a, such a, you know, daunting task. What's it been like growing this? I mean, what are, what are some of the challenges and stuff that y'all faced? I mean, um, growing any sort of business is, is brutally challenging. Growing a nonprofit would be even more so. Growing a nonprofit in the art setting, I imagine, would have its plethora of, of challenges and, and hoops to jump through. What, what, what's kind of that process looked like? Yeah, um, it's been, you know, of course, like I mentioned earlier, we're a part-time staff. Everyone works other jobs mm-hmm. as well, um, in addition to doing this, which we're so passionate about. And there's, trust me, there's plenty of work. We could do this, mm-hmm. you know, multiple, uh, several of us could do this 40 hours a week. Um, but finding the ways and the strategies to eventually make that leap. That's an ongoing, an ongoing challenge and just something that's always on our radar. Um, and it's sometimes felt like it's holding us back, but it's not, I mean, it, it's really forced us to be creative um, and creative in how we think about staffing. Like I said, we have an eight person staff and then numerous production teams throughout the year. We've learned how to um, have a large part-time staff rather than say a small full-time staff. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, of course, COVID was a huge, was a, was a huge hurdle, but thankfully there were, uh, programs in place to help specifically performing arts venues and organizations, um, navigate that time. And it actually, in the end, it was more of a a blessing than a curse for us to have that time to slow down in our rapid growth and say, okay, what do we want to be? Yeah. And, and that's something that we, you know, we were going to get to eventually, but you, you tagged on it. So we'll hop into it right now, but you know, you start in 2016. I feel like, you know, four years in, you're kind of like hitting your rhythm, hitting your stride. And you're like, all right, this is, you know, this is how things are going to work. We've got kind of got a grip on this. <laughs> We're planning for the future. And then the world stops turning. Yep. And you can't gather in, you know, large groups in, in 30 by 60 rooms. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> nope. That's, that becomes a challenge. So so what was it like navigating COVID? And how did everybody pivoted? Everybody had to, to adapt or die. Um, what was that, what was COVID like for you guys? I imagine, you know, there was lots of other challenges just like it was for in any industry. Drew actually officially came on board on our staff during COVID. What a blessing. Um, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Although he was all like, he had directed shows here. Uh He was, you know, a friend, a, um, an advisor, but he came into that role officially. So I'm going to let you kind of talk about it. Sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll go back a little bit and then you're like, we can go up to today. I know like we were, um, we were in rehearsals right when, uh, COVID hit for Matilda, which was like shaping up to be one of our biggest shows ever. It, it was like performances were selling out before we had opened. It was one of the final dress rehearsals. Noah was directing and, um, he had to sit everyone down. Like we had to do in venues all over the country, all these, uh, uh like little kids and tell them, sorry, we've got to shut it down before we open. Most of them had oh, not man. even heard that school was not mm-hmm that that school had been canceled yet because they were in rehearsal when that announcement came out. So, um, that was, that was fun. So that's kind of like how we kicked it off. (laughs) Um, super cheery. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. On a real upper. So that was, you're right. So that's kind of the state of things. Like we've uh, put like a lot of, um, like time and resources into a show like we do with everything else, but we shut it down. And then we started doing with so many, again, other organizations did with events and kicking the can a little bit, but of course, eventually realized that that just wasn't going to work out. So then again, like so many organizations, we started to pivot a little bit. So, uh, one thing that we tried out during COVID, uh, podcasting, 
crazy idea. Yeah. Um, but um, but uh, but so we we uh, first launched a podcast. Um, that was a, a walking ghost tour of downtown Anderson okay. uh, right around Halloween. It yeah. sort of mixed um, fact and fiction. It was some Anderson history mixed with some ghost stories that we had heard, some that we fabricated. Hey. And, um, <laughs> and so, which is just good theater, yeah. right? But we, it, it, was, it was really successful, like in the coolest way. Again, like we weren't packing out a park with a thousand people, but that wasn't the point, right? It was like something to, to gather with a few of your friends that you felt safe and comfortable around. You were outside. And, um, and yeah. I mean, it, you've got to like, I would imagine I went stir crazy. Like I do not do well being in the house cabin fever for creators like yourselves. I would imagine just something you're like, we have to create something. We have to do something to get these creative juices. Yep. Out. Like, so it's super cool that you're all like, all right, this is, we're pivoting to this. Yep. Drew, Drew was the voice of that podcast. So if anyone recognizes him, he's that creepy, Yeah. but yeah, we had meeting, we had meetings with, um, you know, a, a brainstorming team to just say, mm-hmm. what, how can we use our theater skills in a way that's not uh, honestly, not a, a Facebook live cabaret performance because everyone was doing something like that or a YouTube reading of a script. Like everyone was doing that. And, and I don't blame them because we tried that at first too, but it was so quickly people were burnt out on yeah. the the YouTube version of theater that we were like, what else can we do? How can we take our storytelling skills and translate it to something else? So we did the podcast and then we did another one based on Scott Foster, uh, the local author and artist. He wrote a couple of books called the magic sled and the magic snowflake. Mm-hmm. And we, did podcast readings of those in partnership with the city of Anderson. So that kept us busy for a little while. That's exactly it. And I'm, again, yeah, in the same vein, uh, we partnered with the city again. The partner, the, the city, excuse me, owns a uh, municipal cemetery, which sounds really dark, but it's, uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> which, which so many people don't know about. But it's a really like interesting place to go and walk around just because they're like super old graves there. But they they um, commissioned us to, to write, again, a walking tour uh, of that that would be performed live this time, not a podcast. So again, it was something outdoors. You could do it distanced, but uh, put some of our actors to work and use their skills. And then we started rolling back in slowly to live performance. The Art Center, again, we've got this great partnership with them. They allowed us to uh, perform upstairs in one of their galleries. They gave us a little bit more space to perform. We were able to space uh, folks out a little bit. And then we've rolled back into a normal season. And I'll just say, we kind of started this off with growth and then I know kind of mixed COVID with it. You know, there's always like a really interesting um, sort of calculus that has to happen even around um, every show that we're choosing. And again, thinking about growth. So this like sort of push and pull of we want to challenge ourselves artistically. We want to maybe challenge our community in some fun ways, but we also want to sell tickets and we want want people to enjoy themselves. And so I think, and Noah can speak to this as well, but coming out of COVID, I think our mindset around that has sort of changed and that we've gotten uh, a little bit more risky, but at the same time, our audiences have responded really well to it. So it's, I, th- I, I hope, and I think it's pushed all of us forward, the sort of post COVID mindset that we we've We just had. have a, we've developed a clearer understanding of both what serves our artistic needs and desires and what the community wants to see and where we can meet, you know, where those things can meet yeah. for, you know, consistently exceptional seasons. And, um, it also, you know, I said earlier when we started, we wanted, you know, to make a little bit of something for everyone and we wanted to make arts accessible. But during COVID that time of reflection is really how we grew into that, that tagline, the arts are for everyone. And we live by that now. Um, it was always a principle, 
but mm-hmm. now it is something we know how to express. Yeah. And, uh, it's our, it's a guiding, it's a guiding principle. Now it's accessibility. It's, we, you know, we have scholarships available thanks to the, um, South Carolina arts commission and other supporters so that up to half of all camp attendees can be those in need of financial assistance. Um, and we, we do that for, um, all of our youth programs as well. And then we, you know, yes, we charge for tickets here at the arts center, but the productions in the park are free. Um, we work with the Anderson County library system to distribute tickets as well to the paid shows so that if you can't afford a ticket, you can, uh, work with the library to get access. Um, so there's all these things that we're working on to, to make sure that, uh, we're breaking down barriers because everyone deserves to have the the benefits that the arts can offer. Yeah. And, and I, I want to say too, like when, uh, it was mama Mia, wasn't that like the first big show out of COVID? It was. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first time I had seen that many people in a space, like just outside in downtown for people were hungry for a couple it. years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was unbelievable. So like talk about, you know, helping a town grow with performance and theater, like, you guys, and you did it with Shrek as well. Like the amount of people you guys brought to downtown was unreal. So, um, yeah, that's, I remember the first time, like, I I forget what the actual event was, but I remember like, we're finally letting people back in. And I like heard like the national anthem, just like with like a group of like, I don't know, six, 700 people seeing it at the same time. I was like, there's voices in this room. Like we are like together (laughs) again, people. Yeah. yeah. The human body, (laughs) craves contact so like i i imagine seeing that where you're like we're finally able to do this again we're finally able to come out together it would be literally an emotional experience yeah it almost Mm -hmm. it almost feels like did it did and and maybe you mentioned this a second ago but like did covid like give you guys a boost like that hunger and demand afterward like do you feel like you're stronger and more powerful than you were before covid Uh, I, i do in a way i i feel like not only was um was it just so great to to have people back together but not only did we have people back together we had more people than we had ever had together in the past so it was our our peak yeah and it was a milestone because we were just back yeah and um we had shirts made that said we're back with the (laughs) you know with the pig on the back um and uh it has you know it's it's strengthened us in just the the interest in coming out and um and seeing shows that people have a hunger to get mm-hmm. out and do things. Um, it's changed the landscape a little bit, like interesting little things. Like we don't, we don't see people come buy tickets at the door anymore. Everyone plans ahead. Everyone buys, oh, wow. t- you know, buys tickets online. No yeah. one comes buys the tickets at the door anymore. It's very interesting. Um, but then also it, um, it changed us. Like I said, we are laser focused. Now we know what we want to be. And if we had just been producing for the past seven years just producing nonstop. We never would have really had time to sit down and reflect and say, mm. what are we trying to do here? Yeah. We're, we were just always trying to keep up. Yeah. Um, and that's not a bad thing. I mean, that forces innovation too, yeah. but I'm, I'm really grateful that we had time to focus and figure out who and what market theater is and wants to be. That's super cool. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. And you guys have kind of mentioned this in bits and pieces, but you know, like, again, I think about just, it's hard for me to not hear about your guys medium of art and not think about mine in some ways and, and the differences and, and things that are in common. So, you know, I think, I think about like I, for my thing with the small town photo project, I had an idea in mind. And then when I actually apply it to a town like Anderson, there are all these other needs that pop up. Like the town is like, 
yeah, but could you do this though? And so then I find myself like doing all these things around a town, uh, that weren't in my original vision. So like other than putting on awesome shows, like what are other ways that mm-hmm. you guys are like serving the community and needs you found? And, and you've kind of been breaking this apart in bits and pieces. So yeah. Well, we can, we can tie it all up. Yeah. Yeah, no, up. yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I'll, yeah, I'll like, yeah, I'll insert some of these other programs for sure. So, um, I'll shout out the public theater again that started Shakespeare in the park. Mm-hmm. So, um, a, another like offshoot that they did, they, um, created something called the mobile Shakespeare unit, which was the same sort of idea, but they realized, of course, in New York city, you've got all these different boroughs around and that not everyone could come to central park at this exact time every day. Maybe they've got work at that time or whatever it might be. So mm-hmm. they created like a little, uh, traveling unit that just would go out to community centers and places like that and perform these shows, uh, lights on. So it wasn't like they were bringing, huge sets and all these lighting, all this lighting and sound equipment, but just these really bare bones shows, but they figured out that it filled another need, right? Because folks were able uh, to just take an hour of their day, walk 10 minutes down the street and, and, Mm -hmm. um, get some art. And so, uh, and so we, uh, in that exact same way, yeah, we copied that idea. We, we created the mobile production unit last year and we took, um, a one person show performed lights on with like a handful of props around to, um, different, uh, places in Anderson and, the surrounding area that maybe just don't get the arts all the time. We took it to uh, uh, community centers and soup kitchens, libraries. We took it all the way to Memphis, Tennessee for a theater wow. competition, which was pretty cool. But um, yeah. again, just want to, yeah, kind of like you said, just like trying to meet the needs a little bit and, and figuring out that, um, yeah, we get so many people into the park, which is great. We get a lot of people into our theater space that, that know about us, but what about the folks that haven't heard about us before, but we could still be filling that need. It, it's wild, you know, to us, but shouldn't be too surprising to know the number of people who we run into who say, I, this was my first play I've ever been to. This is my first musical I've ever seen. Oh, wow. And, um, and we, you know, we love to hear that because that means we, we hope that they'll see more yeah. that will not just for our sake, but like we've talked about, you know, mm-hmm. the, the benefits, the, yeah. the impact that it has, we want, obviously we're excited about the power of theater. We want to share that with people. Yeah, and I'll I'll one more touring production. Yeah, I'll plug again this year. So last <laughs> yeah. year, yeah, so last year we did our mobile production unit, which was a community tour, right? So it was it was really it was a show. Uh, yeah, again, every brilliant thing. This one person show that was really geared towards adults had a lot to do with mental health. It was a really great show. But this year we're doing our first school tour, so we're taking. Uh, a really sort of off the wall production of Pinocchio around to 18 different elementary schools in the upstate, and, awesome. uh, which is going to be pretty cool. Anderson school district five's partnering with us on that, to uh, help keep it affordable. We're taking it to all the title one schools in a five for free, Heck yeah. but again, yeah, which is pretty cool. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and it's the same idea that Noah talked about though, for a lot of these kids, it really might be the first time that they get to see a live performance, which is so, uh, which is so sweet. And uh, again, we're lucky that we do live in an area that values the arts a five uh, values the arts and they've got arts education in their schools, but there's something different and special about seeing um, actors and really good professional actors. We're getting to pay them because of the South Carolina arts commission, getting to see professional actors up there doing their thing. And then, you know what that introduces a kid to. So. That's cool. And you mentioned like filling the needs for, for the community. What are some ways that the community can support you guys? I mean, obviously showing up, that's like, you know, step yeah. number one, come, come and see it for yourself. Um, but is there any other ways the community can, can, can support you guys? We want to make sure that, um, obviously this is this audience, the, the, the point of this is to get an audience to, to you guys and learn more about what y'all do, but also figure out ways that, um, Anderson can do what it does best and that support each other and support sure. the people that, that it cares about. So outside of, you know, word of mouth and literally purchasing tickets, what are some other ways that we can, we can 
as a community help out the market yeah. leader? Well, I think one one thing that I would want to encourage everyone is just view, your, view yourself as a partner in this mm-hmm. uh, in this endeavor that we can only sustain the arts. Yeah. Uh, we can only sustain this theater and this momentum with the help of partners at every level in the community. And so um, that is if you are uh, an individual or a family and you want to go ahead and purchase your tickets in advance for a show next year, that is going to help us tremendously uh, just to um, have the confidence that, you know, people are interested to, to, mm-hmm. to see your support fuels us yeah. um, to uh, make a donation yeah. uh, to, if you're a business to purchase an, an ad or uh, become a partner Sponsored, uh, to, right? to headline yeah. a show or, um, we, we truly, uh, we appreciate our headlining partners so much. We plaster their names all over everything yeah. and love mm-hmm. to give them credit and brag on them for helping make specific programs and shows possible. Um, so we, uh, we're always looking for those partnerships and we use the word partnership and we mean that it is a partnership. Mm-hmm. It's not, uh, us looking for a handout, but it's us looking to do something together yeah. and then share benefit back with the businesses that, that come to work with us. That's I think, really cool. yeah, the other two things that come to mind for me, the first one is that when folks are, uh, downtown before, or after a show, going to a, going to a bar or restaurant, like tell the, tell the folks, uh, around you and like your server that like, you know, yeah, I'm coming down to see a show tonight at market theater because yeah. again, in this partnership vein, like we, uh, we have such good relationships with so many downtown businesses, but like, we just want them to like know all the time. Like we're, yeah. Like what we're doing is also yeah, like helping, yeah, it's helping everyone out. It's a really symbiotic relationship. So just mm-hmm. talking about us in that way. And then, yeah, of course, like bring a, bring a friend. We talked about like folks that have maybe never been to a player musical before. And yeah, if you've got a friend who maybe hasn't tried it out, just bring them along, see if they, uh, see if they like it or not. And, um, it, it would be surprising to a lot of people know us as, Oh, the, the folks who did Mamma Mia or those people who did Shrek, but they, they maybe don't recognize all that we're doing. So yeah, we're so grateful to have been able to talk about, the full scope of what market theater is yeah. here. Um, but yeah, just continuing to, to talk about us, to share, spread the word, word of mouth. Absolutely. And again, it's, uh, please see yourself as a partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we literally can't do this without, yeah. without that help. That's super cool. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's, let's talk about practicalities. What do we have moving forward? What is the future of, 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 the market theater look like not only um, I, I want to talk about some of the productions that you guys have coming up this year that we can come um, and view in person. I know what my next date night is going to be. I've got to come experience <laughs> one of these things in person. So I'm freaking pumped about that. What are some of the productions y'all have coming up? Y'all, y'all teased on a few of them. And then as well as like, you know, where's market theater five years from now? Or what, what, what would you love to see um, that be um, from, from a, a long-term future standpoint? Sure. Um, you want to back and forth with our season? That's a, yeah, that's how let's, okay. let's start with productions first. Yeah, what, yeah, what do we yeah, got yeah. coming let's up? So first right up in uh, late January, we're doing um, a small musical production of Winnie the Pooh featuring a cast of all kids ages 7 to 12. Precious. Um, so it's a workshop for them. It's kind of like an extended summer camp in January. Um, and they get to, to learn these skills through producing a show. Then after that, we've got a musical 13. It's a cast of about 20 13-year-olds are there uh, around about. And uh, it sounds like it would just be for teenagers, but it's a a great coming-of-age story. It's by a composer that has written a ton of really popular shows that a lot of folks know. It's uh, Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So 13, the musical, then coming up uh, at the start of March. And then at the end of March, we have Pinocchio, which that's going to be touring through schools all of, you know, throughout February and March. But then it also is going to have performances here at Market Theater. 
Cool. And we've got a huge one after that. We really are volleying, uh, volleying back and forth. No, uh, we've it. got, uh, we've got uh, Kinky Boots, which is uh, a musical that's based on a true story. Uh, the title alone should get you in the door. Cindy Lauper wrote the music. So uh-huh. uh, any Cindy Lauper fans Shout out there? Out. Uh, and it's a, uh, it's a really great story. It's challenging, but it's also a lot of fun. Uh, and I, I think audiences are really going to enjoy it. Of course, we just wrapped up our... Uh, production of Rent, which was um, a huge uh, undertaking for us. And Kinky Boots is very much the continuation in in that same vein. It's, you know, for adults, it's a a powerful story, uh, great music. And uh, you saw Rent, right? Yeah, I saw Rent. It was amazing. It was fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, and, And you guys were both in it. We, we were. And you did amazing jobs. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> um, that's not common. You don't catch us on stage that often. No, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, right after Kinky Boots and Fitting, uh, we're partnering with a local drag queen, uh, delighted to be here. Okay. Uh, she's now based in Greenville, but she's previously a New York queen, featured on America's Got Talent, um, and a great partner to us. And she did her show uh for one weekend last year, okay. uh, a, a musical review this year, we're bringing it back by popular demand. Uh, and the show is called drag one Oh one. Um, nice. these are show, these are drag shows that are not intimidating. They're not scary. You're not going to get, uh, pulled up on stage, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> unless you want to be, um, and, uh, the, uh, delighted likes to describe them as, as drag for beginners. So, uh, <laughs> there's, there's nothing to be scared of. Yeah. You know? Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> and after that, we're heading back out to Carolina Ren park. We've got uh, William Shakespeare's the tempest. We're going to be performing it on the splash pad down in the park. Uh, it's going to be awesome. So, uh, there's going to oh, wow. be live music involved and live singing we're going to have of course the the water jets going the whole time I was going to say is this splash yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. is it on oh, there's, there's a on. ship there's a shipwreck there's a storm oh, there's an island oh cool oh, yeah. awesome. I don't envy the sound guys on <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. production wise you got your work cut out yeah, that say, sounds say, freaking say incredible say for the sound guys but yeah, that's, <laughs> that's going to be in mid June um, <laughs> out in the park and then in August we have our ninth annual 24 hour musical so each year we put together a show in only 24 hours and it benefits a different charity each year so our most recent charity partner was Calvary Home for Children and over the eight previous years we've raised over $30,000 for local nonprofits um, a different mission each year and so there's going to be more details coming about that as far as the specific date and the specific cause that we're supporting the show's always a mystery until the night before so no 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 news on that until okay uh, until I love it I love yeah And then after that, we're heading back out of the park. I'm getting the big park shows. No, I'm sorry. But we've got uh, we've got a Rock of Ages, which we've already plugged again. Live rock band out in the park. We're going to have uh, tons of uh, great acting, singing, and dancing, and some of your favorite songs. And that's going to be at the end of September. I'm a big 80s rock guy. I'm looking forward to that. I saw oh, Sticks last year. I saw, oh, dude, I saw yes. the Eagles last year. Dad's favorite band is Journey. I mean, I'm... I'm I'm pumped about all this. So that we we think this is going to be you know similar to Mamma Mia in that it's just it's really going to be what our community is looking for. Mm, Can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait. Um, After that, we've got our second annual Arts for All Gala, which will take place at the Bleckley Station. Uh, Shout out to the Bleckley. Um, This year, we we kicked off this new format for our annual gala. It's a kind of a mix between a a charity ball and an immersive art exhibit. Um, this past year we featured all different art mediums and how you could, uh, the, the different attendees could participate in the art mediums, whether it's visual art or costuming or technology. Um, next year, I believe this is, uh, this is, you know, just a little teaser. We'll see what happens. We're going to focus primarily on, uh, costume arts. Um, and so we're actually scoping out some really cool, uh, pieces, uh, of costume, uh, from 
you know, professional productions, Broadway from our own productions that we can showcase and let people interact with. Um, and this is where we also announce our season every year. Awesome. And we present awards as well to recognize um, local art educator, local arts advocate, Super cool. and, uh, and a distinguished artist of the year. Excellent. And they'll be wrapping up our season in early November with a play called She Kills Monsters. It's a play that's a little bit newer to the scene, but it's uh, a ton of fun. It's based in the world of uh, D&D, Dungeons and Dragons. So if there are any D&D fans, but it's, uh, yeah, it's got like a lot of really, really cool puppetry and like huge battle and fight scenes on stage. And it's going to be a cool one, I think, to wrap up the year. We actually chose that to feature the puppetry because it's such a cool, it's, it's, we have some great puppetry. Uh, puppet makers in our community yeah. that we want to feature their skills. Excellent. Wow. This episode should be coming out probably what right mid January or so, beginning yeah. of January. So this is yeah, this is really perfect, perfect timing. Yeah. yeah, to get to get the ball rolling with with Winnie the Pooh and stuff like that. So we've talked about the next twelve months. Talk to me about the next twelve years. What? Where do we see? Where do we see this <laughs> this going long term? Sure. So we're we're in it to win it for Anderson. It. We're in it for we the need, long haul. We need you guys. Yeah. Um. We are. So happy with where we are now as far as being located at the Anderson Arts Center. We love being downtown. Mm-hmm. We love that we're part of a greater arts community. Of course, we've got art galleries upstairs um, and we've got Visit Anderson right next door to us. We've got the, the Music Academy right beside our studio. There's Pottery Studio down here. We are part of a true arts community where people are coming and going constantly awesome. for the arts. Um, and so that's that's wonderful for us. But we are a little bit limited in terms of our space. Um, and so we, um, at our most recent gala, we announced our intention to pursue, um, uh, another space at some point in the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. And that is all we can say right now yeah. is that, you know, and, and it may seem obvious, but yeah, of course we're, of course we're growing and this rate of momentum, we are looking at what those next steps are. We, we've, uh, got several partnerships kind of on the table. If you know anyone with $4 million laying around, you just, oh, yeah. you just send them our way, okay? okay. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Will sitting right here. Yeah, Will has a big announcement yeah. for us right now. <laughs> yeah, excellent. So. And then uh, beyond that, I think, uh, so like we've got this like great sort of like a vision of a building coming, but then I know on the back end of things, we just want to make sure that we're, we continue to be and we're even more reflective of our community. So if that's in terms of demographics, if that's in terms of all of the great talent that we've got out there, we just want to keep getting those folks in our doors even more we know we've tapped into it but there's a lot more that anderson has to offer that's super cool that's super cool well i'd say i've had an absolute blast with you guys today kind of one thing that we like to do um as we're as we're wrapping up putting a bow on this thing is um this is an anderson podcast and and anderson has a lot of really cool uh things a lot of cool aspects a lot of cool people especially um so what is y'all's why for anderson why is anderson home um obviously you're both born and raised here but a lot of people were born and raised here and they they don't stick around um right why why is Anderson home for you two? Why is Anderson home for Market Theater? Um, what is the why on Anderson? Because that's kind of why we're here today. That's what the genesis and, and the 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 meaning behind this podcast is. Is we, we like we think this place is really special, um, and it's because of people like you. But what's y'all's why for for Anderson? Okay, I think I've I, th- I, I can go first if that's cool. Sure. <laughs> so uh, one of my friends, Herman Keith, and uh, Herman's uh, an artist. He was um, the guy behind our the big mural downtown, Anderson's mm-hmm. first mural, you know, with the yeah. different color mural uh, main. Yeah, mural main. Mural main. Yep. Yeah. Herman uh, 
helped lead that with the, with the Leadership Anderson class. So Herman has a nonprofit um, around South Carolina called Scrap. It's a South Carolina rural arts project. And, awesome. and his whole idea behind Scrap is that he goes into rural communities and um, helps them create public art. And so Herman and I were talking uh, one night just like uh, about that and kind of his why behind that. And he talked about how he's lived in big cities. Herman went to, to Howard in Washington, D.C. He's lived in uh, Philadelphia, New York City. And he said, art there is great right? Like it, they're bursting at the seams with it. You can go anywhere and get what you need. And that's awesome. But, uh, when you come to South Carolina, folks here are so thirsty for it. You know, they, they want it like in, in the best way. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that it's not around because it is, but there's, they, uh, folks know maybe even without knowing that there's so much more to it. And they're just, they just want to, they just want to take in art. They want to take in yeah. culture and, uh, to come to our point, earlier, just anything that brings them together and puts them in community, folks here really want it. They crave it. And, um, and that's my why behind Anderson. That's super cool. Because this is a place that craves it, that mm. wants it, that there are gaps to fill. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, that's Fantastic. why I'm here. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, he said it so well, I couldn't agree with that more. That's a component of it for me as well. Um, you said, you know, a lot of people grow up here and don't stay here. And I was tempted by that too. I was tempted just because what you know, the grass is always greener on the other side. You think that, yeah. you know, whatever else is out there has to be better. And I was itching to get away. I would possibly go to somewhere more metropolitan or um, where they would quote more opportunity, you know, but uh, several factors in life kind of just kept delaying that a little bit. And over time, what I found was that I was falling in love with Anderson, um, you know, with what had always been in my backyard and seeing things like the, the thirst for the art and, uh, what makes Anderson special, but also seeing that, you know, as I visited other places and I saw people move away to other places that sure, there could be a lot of art going on there, a lot of artistic opportunity, but you have to, you know, start at the bottom and, and work your way in and really fight. And who knows if you'll ever be able to participate when everything is on such a massive scale, if you, do you really get to contribute? Do yeah. you really, and maybe yeah. you do, and that's, that's awesome. But here, what I saw was the opportunity to just do something, to try and fail or yeah. try and not fail yeah. or just try, you yeah. know, and um, actually be a part of something, um, be a part of growing something and really yeah. contribute rather than fighting to stake out a small claim in something that already existed. And this is your baby. I mean, you get to call the shots, which is super cool. Like yeah. you, you talk about like the, the barrier to entry in some of these larger metropolitan areas and the, the competition, which isn't a bad thing, but like, no. would you be, I mean, I feel like I know the answer to this. Would you be able to own like and run your own production theater in, in New York right now? Like what, I mean, realistically speaking with the opportunities no. that you guys have had here. And, and I think that's super cool that you guys are the pioneers um, in, in, in the new, the next generation of what art is going to continue to look like in the future of Anderson. So, uh, I'm, I'm super inspired by you guys real quick before we wrap this up, where can we get tickets? Where can we, uh, where can we show up to, to, to come see you guys? Cause I know people are going to want to, uh, top on this early. Absolutely. So of course our website, markettheater.org. Uh, spell theater any way you want. It's going to take you to the same website. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, markettheater.org for tickets specifically tickets.markettheater.org. Okay. Um, our social media channels are really active and we always keep the most recent uh, news and opportunities to get involved posted there. So we're on Instagram and Facebook, the market Anderson. Um, so come follow us, join our email list, buy some tickets. Get involved. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Noah drew. It's been 
an absolute blast talking with you guys today. I've yes, had a blast. I've been inspired by you guys. I cannot wait to come see multiple productions this year. Um, I'm really pumped. It, it's cool to see you guys continuing to to push art forward, um, and especially in a, in a community like Anderson. Um, Anderson is better because of the market theater. Anderson is beca- better because of you two. So thank you guys so much for y'all's time today. Yeah, for sure. And thanks thank you guys you. so much. We really Excellent. appreciate it. Thank you for listening. And check us out on your favorite podcast app. And follow us on Facebook at Electric City Buzz Podcast and on Instagram at Electric City Buzz Pod.